0: We can look back to massive longitudinal studies that look at testosterone. And there's one here in the U.S. called the Massachusetts Aging Study. That study went over 30 years. There was a longitudinal study out of Sweden and a similar one out of Finland, right? And these studies were all longitudinal studies that looked at a lot of different metrics, but in especially testosterone levels. And what they found was that free testosterone, which is the bioavailable active hormone testosterone, has declined, depending on what, which of those three studies you look at, anywhere from 30 to 45%. So what that means is, Yes, every man as we age, our testosterone level goes down about 1% every year. We know that. But more importantly, these studies show us that a 50-year-old man today has a free testosterone level that's almost half. Welcome to the Menopause Mastery Podcast, a
1: show for women just like you who are ready for more health, vitality, passion, living life with a purpose. I created this show because I knew that women just like me in this second season of life, the season of menopause, are really tapping into their deepest desires. And we're ready to harness our physical and mental health and explore what our true passions are and peel back the layers to uncover exactly what we want out of life. I'm your host, Betty Murray, part geek, part magician, and your new medical bestie with a dash of sass. I love taking the complex science and making it easier to integrate into daily life. So let's join the journey to make this season the best ever. Oh, Dr. Tracy Gappin. So everybody, I like I said in my introduction, Dr. Tracy and I have known each other for a while because we are in a similar community and got to know each other. But I asked Dr. Tracy to be on because I really, I answer all these questions about men. And I'm not really the expert in men's health. And I wanted Dr. Tracy here to explain how to help your man. All right. So, Dr. Tracy, before we get into your story and how you help men, I'd love for you to share kind of how you got to the functional medicine community, because we all have an interesting story.
0: For sure. And first of all, thanks so much for having me here, Betty. I'm so excited to be, finally get to be with you. I know we've, we've been talking about doing this forever, and it's finally the a line. So great to see you today. So my background is traditional healthcare, allopathic medicine. Uh, I was in a a very busy urology practice for almost 25 years, went through medical school, general surgery, then urology residency, joined a very busy practice. And 20 years later, I knew it was time to get out. About halfway through that career, I encountered my own health issues as so many practitioners do that get them to, to see things differently. And it got me researching down one rabbit hole after another because I found that traditional healthcare couldn't help me, and certainly wasn't helping all the men that I was serving, or the men I thought I was serving. And so, challenge challenges to help me really have a very different perspective on men's health, and. For so many years, guys would come see me in my urology practice, and and I was doing robotic surgery and kidney stones, all that kind of bread and butter kind of stuff. But guys would come in and tell me, you know, I had low energy, have more cognitive function, brain fog, I can't build muscle, can't burn fat, having poor sex drive, can't have sex. And the only answers that we had was testosterone and the blue pill. That was it. And then guys would come in and say, hey, doc, I'm on testosterone already, and I still feel like crap. I was like, ah, I, I don't, you know, I, I was at a loss back then. And the reason for that is we're not taught those things that we need to optimize men's health in traditional health care. And, and that's why I believe we're really failing men when it comes to men's health.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, all I got to do is drive around Dallas and run into all the low T centers. You know, they've got some sort of right. easy advertising. Yeah. And I can tell you, my husband's a firefighter and paramedic, and they would send these very young, very beautiful girls into places to sell the low T. Right. So I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about that myth because this all you need is testosterone. Just get some injectable tests and you'll be fine. So dispel that for for the women on my podcast that are like, I think my husband's on testosterone, but nothing's getting better.
0: Yeah. And I see, I hear this every day. So Testosterone is certainly a very important hormone for both men and women, as you know. But in men, it's important for energy, for mood, for cognitive function, for cardiovascular health. You know, we know that men with low T actually have increased risk of of cardiovascular disease. We know that testosterone is important for bone density, for being able to build muscle for proper metabolism, energy, sex drive, of course, sexual function, of course. So it's important for a lot more than just sex. But all that being said, testosterone is one of over 50 hormones in our body, and all those hormones come together like a symphony, if you will, and and ultimately help men with what they're looking for. Every day, guys are like, I want to have more energy and focus. I want to build muscle, burn fat. I want to have better sex. That's really what it comes down to. Men are, we are very simple creatures, Betty. Women are so complex, guys are simple. But when it comes to answering those three challenges, testosterone is one piece of the symphony of hormones, but also other things dramatically affect those issues. Things like blood sugar regulation, things like systemic inflammation, micronutrient levels, things like... Your gut. You know, we they'll teach you this in medical school or in anywhere in my residency training, but the gut controls everything. It controls our immune system and our hormone production and our energy systems. And it's even tied to longevity. And so we need to really pay attention to how all of these systems connect. And so when I work with men, Sure, they often need testosterone, but that's one piece of a much bigger picture that they need. Yes,
1: yes. And I think, you know, like you pointed out, it's one piece and it might in the short term make somebody feel slightly better, but it won't necessarily alleviate all those concerns that a man may have. So, talk to me a little bit about your approach. Here's my experience I see a woman and she's like, Oh my God, can you help my husband? And I was like, Yes, we have people in our clinic, obviously, that do. Absolutely. And, you know, I can speak, guy, you know,
0: right? I, right?
1: Yeah. Could, but, but, you know, I also hear that, you know, when I'm talking to these husbands, spouses, friends or whatever partners, a lot of times they're very resistant to making a lot of changes, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, so tell me, how do you help a man kind of see that? Because I think it's because as women, we've been seekers longer. So we kind of have already come to this world going, okay, I'm probably going to change some stuff. How do you help men kind of make that next leap?
0: Perfect question, because men have this, if it ain't broke, don't fix that kind of mentality, right? We don't want to see a doctor unless there's a real problem. And even then, it takes a lot to get us to finally pull the trigger. And there has to be a real nagging desire. And in my career, I have found that what often drives that is sex. So guys will be overweight. They'll have that big, huge belly that's associated with metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, cardiovascular mortality, and you know, low hormones and elevated lipid panels. That will get their attention. Low energy during the day. Yeah, they're aware of it, but that's not going to necessarily get their attention. But when a sexual performance has draws charge to decline, suddenly they're willing to come in and, and seek help. And so my emphasis, my priority, my focus when it comes to really shifting the mental health paradigm is to get men to think about it very differently and to take a very proactive approach. I hate to word the, use the word preventive because I guys like, yeah, prevention, it, it sounds boring, but it's really taking charge because when you can optimize your human system, I call it, when you can find all the hidden blind spots that are holding you back. Often guys can have such an amazing transformation and you're doing this before you develop problems, before you develop disease that sometimes you can't reverse. And so it's taking a very forward thinking Mentality that a lot of guys, like you said, just don't have.
1: Yeah, that's it. It is. Yeah, you're right. If it's usually a sexual function, they go, "Oh my gosh, you know, things aren't working down there like they should." But I think you know, waiting for erectile dysfunction, which is not really testosterone, doesn't help. Because I get a lot of men that'll say, "I'm on tests," but that's still not doing it. I'm like, "Well, because like, it's it not really about testosterone." Right. Talk a little bit specifically about that because that is a wake up call for a lot of men when things aren't working properly. What things would they need to be looking for before they get to the point where they are having a hard time maintaining an erection or, you know, achieving that or achieving orgasm? Because I think at that point, it's like we've gone over the cliff and now things are like alarm bells going.
0: Yeah. Some of the first signs that men will see when they need to start paying attention is low energy, especially later in the afternoon. I've heard guys tell me they want to take a nap at three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Like that's a big problem. Guys should never need a nap late in the day. Something's definitely wrong. They'll tell me that they start to notice brain fog or they can't focus or they can't concentrate like they could previously. They don't have the same mental acuity kind of thing. I also hear guys tell me how they can't get rid of that belly fat and they're trying so hard. They're going to the gym every day and nothing's working. They can't burn the fat. They can't put on muscle like they used to. A lot of guys will complain that they're losing muscle despite doing what they think is everything right. Those are all really common signs and symptoms of issues with metabolic health, with low testosterone, with gut health issues. And It takes guys being aware of that and being willing to be proactive and address it early.
1: You sort of talked a little bit about sort of the paradigm. So talk about the things that you would do. So if I brought in my partner, my spouse, and said, hey, do a full workup, what would they experience? What would the guy experience? Where do you, you obviously start with the gut, I would say.
0: Great question, yeah. So I believe very strongly that there needs to be a clear system, a clear protocol, a clear method to how do you approach this? And so it always starts with advanced diagnostic testing and the testing will often include blood testing, We'll look at all the hormones that that we know are critical, look at markers of inflammation, look at micronutrient levels. We'll look at advanced lipid panels and not the typical LDL, HDL cholesterol that your primary does that are relatively worthless. But, you know, key biomarkers like ApoB and LP little a and, and LDL particle count, like these are key metrics when it comes to... Uh, cardiovascular health and longevity, looking at markers of uh, blood sugar regulation, looking at biologic age. We can actually measure how fast your body is aging. Pretty powerful. Then we'll do gut health testing. Yes. So we'll do a microbiome analysis. We'll look for gut health integrity. We'll look for any signs of of food sensitivities. And then we'll put all that together. Sometimes we'll do additional cortisol test, salivary testing. We'll do genetic testing. And when we put all these pieces together, it allows us to have a very clear picture of the blind spots, the air. Areas that need attention. And then I really believe Betty From for men starts with hormones first. And so I, I know a lot of guys out there are on Twitter, you'll see this, buy this program to get on this 30-day workout plan and suddenly have six-pack abs in, in, in one month. But it's not realistic to get a guy to want to make massive lifestyle changes he feels like shit, right? Like these guys I work with, like they're busy executives. They wake up at six, they're running to work, they get home at six PM, they're trying to be a dad to their family, they're trying to be a husband to their wife, they're trying to be everything to everyone, and there's no time for themselves. The last thing they want to do is pay attention to themselves. And so when you correct hormones, suddenly they're much more willing and eager to start to do some other things, make some other changes. And so then we look at nutrition and we start focusing on what do I eat? What do I not eat? How do I eat? When do I eat? How do I appropriate fasting, macronutrient ratios, all those kind of key things around nutrition, clean up the gut you with know, testing and, and whatever supplementation may be needed. And then one of the most common overlooked areas of health and daddy is sleep. And so many men I work with, they don't sleep. And sometimes just they stay up late. Other times it's they'll wake up at three or four in the morning and then they can't fall back asleep and they're, they're awake. And that's classic sign of cortisol issues as you know and so fixing sleep and then once I've done that once I've fixed hormones and once I've cleaned up gut nutrition once I get sleep suddenly fitness is now a realistic possibility and we can start to incorporate some real fitness programs and get them moving get them doing resistance training and then we move on to mindset and detoxification pathways and toxins in our environment stuff like that but that transformation is is a really amazing thing to watch once their mindset shifts and they're suddenly eager and willing to being more in control and more proactive. And that's when you can see a real change. But a lot of women will try to, you know, I don't want to say nag, that, that comes across the wrong way, but really try to force their, their partner into doing something about it. They have to want it or else nothing happens.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so true. I always ask the partner or spouse, I'm like, first question, I'm like, are you here by choice or force? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so what are we willing to do right now? What? Because paradigm oh. oh, in which we work and I'm not going to try to do all of it if you're only willing to do one or two things. I'm like Exactly <laughs> right and get them exactly medicine. you know one of the things that i've obviously i mean i we've done such a disservice in women's health and we could you know go off on for hours of that because there was the women's health study and, you know, women are just getting older and that's a conduct behavior problem and you just need to deal with the fact that you get old and dry up and all that other stuff. But there's a men's health crisis too. And I'd like for you to really talk about that because I don't think men think of it that way, you know, because they feel like, well, until I have that heart attack and die, I'm probably fine. There's a crisis brewing.
0: Yeah, so I I call it a men's health crisis. I did a TED Talk on this topic earlier this year as well, so your listeners can check that out. But we can look back to massive. Longitudinal studies that look at testosterone. And there's one here in the US called the Massachusetts Ageing Study. That study went over 30 years. There was a longitudinal study out of Sweden and a similar one out of Finland. Okay. And these studies were all longitudinal studies that looked at a lot of different metrics, but in especially testosterone levels. And what they found was that free testosterone, which is the bioavailable active form testosterone, has declined depending on which of those three studies you look at, anywhere from 30 to 45%. So what that means is, yes, every man, as we age, our testosterone level goes down about 1% every year. We know that. But more importantly, these studies show us that a 50-year-old man today has a free testosterone level that's almost half of what it was 20, 30 years ago. Half. Now, Let's look at a typical lab slip. You go to Lab Core Quest and you get your labs done. And most primary care doctors don't even check testosterone. If they do happen to check testosterone, they certainly don't check free testosterone, which is the bioavailable active form. So forget about that. But let's say by chance you have a doctor who actually checked free testosterone. Well, the lab, the reference range on the right that everyone looks at. And, you know, when we went to medical school, you know this, Betty, we were trained that you look on the right there, and if it's black, if it's in that range, you're good, you're fine, you're. I hate that word normal. Oh God, it makes me cringe. But you'll tell the patient you're normal. Your labs are fine. But the problem is what is that reference range? What does that reference range actually mean? Well, it's not where you necessarily need to be. It's not what's optimal. It's not what's best for your body. That reference range is simply the average of the population. So LabCorp does a billion testosterone levels. They do a billion free testosterone levels, and you get an average. And think of that as the statistical median, and then you go two standard deviations statistically on either side, above and below that number, and that's your reference range. That's how they come up with that range. And that's why people always ask, well, why is that range different in LabCorp and Quest? So it's simply the variability of the patient population they've tested and what those numbers show. And so now put that together... With the three studies I just mentioned, and realize that reference range is about half of what that reference range was 20 years ago. Yeah. And so we are lulled into this complacency, this false sense of security that that quote, we're normal, quote, we're fine. Nonsense. We're not even close. And so most guys need a free testosterone of around 20, 25, 30 in that kind of ballpark range. Most men I see who come in off the street, their levels are four, five, six, seven, somewhere around there, consistently. It's scary. It's not just testosterone, it's obesity. Obesity is out of control. You know, over three quarters of men are either overweight or obese. Fertility is declining. Studies have shown that fertility is about half of what it was 20, 30 years ago in parallel with testosterone. We know that for the first time in a long time, longevity is actually decreasing. Mortality, that we're actually dying younger for the first time in a long time. And so put all these pieces together, I really believe that we have a men's health crisis that just does not get the attention it deserves.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely true. And you know, it it's frustrating to look at those reference ranges and try and explain it to somebody who's going to go back to a traditional allopathic physician that says, oh, yeah, a testosterone of 223 compared to, what, 857, let's say. I can't remember, you know, what quests are or whatever. Like, like that's within a normal range. And I'm like, well, I would have loved that sort of bell curve on my education. I wouldn't have tried so damn hard right.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: You know, it's insane to look at. And I guess people just don't really realize that most of those, again, are, are selected off the general population and they shift. And as we've gotten fatter and more unhealthy, the shift has leaned towards a population that is more unhealthy. They don't go get really healthy people and say, look.
0: That's what? right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's so true. Now, you also talked a little bit about just you sort of off the cuffs, mentioned something about toxins, like I talk a lot about toxins, particularly for women, because so many of them look like hormones to our body. But I think guys are, that's something somebody else has got to deal with That. Definitely not <laughs> my concern to talk specifically about some of the environmental toxins and things that men may become in contact with that might be adversely affecting their health.
0: Yeah, toxins are everywhere. It's scary when you actually start to recognize that they're pervasive in our environment. So we can look at our food. Most of the crops here in the US are sprayed with chemicals like atrazine, chemicals like glyphosate, these herbicides that are used to, you know, to help preserve the crops. A lot of crops are GMO modified as well, of course, but these chemicals have been shown in studies to dramatically lower testosterone, Mm -hmm. among other hormones. These toxins have been associated with autoimmune disease, infertility, associated with increased risk of depression and miscarriage in women and cancers and all kinds of incredibly awful health issues. But for testosterone, we know that these chemicals are clearly associated with low testosterone. We can look at our drinking water and our drinking water is laden with synthetic estrogen, you know, women's birth control. It does not get filtered through our municipal treatment plants. Yeah. So if you test your drinking water, it actually has very high level, detectable levels of estradiol, synthetic estradiol, we're talking about. And we could look at personal care products, plastics everywhere, plastics, food containers, plastic water. But the biggest culprit is plastic water bottles, Gatorade bottles, any kind of drinking water bottles, plastic food containers, storage containers, inside metal cans are lined with plastics. These plastics are made with a BPA, bisphenol A, or typically, and they've been clearly associated with crushing testicular function, infertility, low testosterone, etc. They're everywhere. These toxins are everywhere. They're, they're in the fertilizer. They're, my, my son's a golfer and they spray the grass with these chemicals. It is on the plastics in our car, baby products, baby toys, IV tubing, anywhere you look, it seems these chemicals are there. And so it takes vigilance to number one, recognize the that these toxins are everywhere number one recognize acknowledge that there's unquestionable dramatic health consequences and decide that you're going to take the baby steps every day to avoid it and so it is number one it's recognizing those toxins number two it's avoiding those toxins and number three it's upregulating or improving the efficiency of your body's ability to clear those toxins as well and so it it takes vigilance and most guys if you can't see it as out of sight out of mind yeah not a big deal but it's clearly associated with dramatic problems. So
1: if you were to have, let's say, you know, we're lucky enough to have a bunch of men in the car while their ladies are listening to this podcast, if you were to give them three things that they need to think about like right now, like let's say they're, you know, this has not been on their sphere of consciousness, what three things should they do right now to make a difference in their health?
0: Yeah, are we talking toxins or in general?
1: Just in general. In general. Maybe they are just like not clear that there's a problem, but you know, they can look at these three things and make a t- decision.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, so... I mean, one would be, I would have to say prioritizing sleep and sleep is, is underappreciated. So uh, I, I would emphasize seven hours of sleep minimum. You need to track it to, to understand what your deep sleep, you know, the quality of sleep matters. And so you may get seven hours of sleep. And in the past, I would get six minutes of deep sleep when you need about an hour. And so track your sleep and recognize how, boy, the deep sleep is, and REM sleep as well. So I, I say put an emphasis on sleep, and that's a matter of the behaviors, the activities. You know, we call it quote, sleep hygiene, the things that we do in those few hours before bedtime. Even during the day, I mean, hell, the, if you get some early morning sunlight, that's been shown to help improve circadian rhythm and help improve melatonin production and help improve sleep quality in the evening. So things like that are important. So, so sleep is really a big one. Number two is is consistency in the little micro decisions you make every day. So What I mean by that is, you know, we talked about toxins a moment ago. It's, are you filtering your water? Are you avoiding the plastics? Are you eating organic? Are you paying attention to the personal care products you're using? Are you scheduling time for you, for your own self, for your own sanity, for just some simple mindfulness? Just take five, 10 minutes. You know, I used to do is on my way home from when I was first entering this amazing world of, of precision medicine, functional medicine, I would stop at a parking lot on the way home from work and I would sit in my car and I'd turn on Headspace, 10 minute Headspace. And it's amazing how it can help just give you clarity to be able to kind of move to the next step of your day. So I'm going to walk into that door and I have two little kids jumping on my legs and I want to be able to be present and be able to be the best dad I can be. And so it's helping, you know, give me those few moments to kind of get that clarity again. So it's the micro decisions that you make throughout the day, such as when are you going to train? When are you going to exercise? You have to schedule these things. I had a big and bold in my schedule. My my team can't book any patients during that time. No appointments can be booked. It's blocked out. That's my workout time. And I do that because if you don't live with intention and create real structure in your life, it's not going to happen. Your life's going to control you and the schedule is going to take over. And next thing you know, 10 years later, you're so wrapped up in your career like I was that you're not paying attention to what's important. And so the second I would recommend would be to really focus on the the micro decisions you make every day. And then the third one is, this is a little more philosophical, but I feel this is so powerful for me every day, is what is your why? Why do you wake up every day? Why do you go to work every day? What is your purpose? What are you living for? What's it really all about? And double down on that because we talked earlier, Betty, how men... You know, if it improved, don't fix it. They don't want to really pay attention to something. Well, for me, my why is being a dad. And I get all emotional if I start talking about my kids. And actually, today is my son's 10th birthday. So it's, a, it's kind of a big day. So, that is my big why, and everything I do revolves around that. And every decision I make is it in alignment with my why. And if it's not, then it doesn't belong in my life because it doesn't serve my higher purpose. And so it helps me get grounded. It helps me really focus on my purpose, and it helps drive me to to do the hard things that you don't want to do. And so you know, I love the book Atomic Habits. I talk about setting up these habits to you know get you to do the hard work. And some of those atomic habits come from you know what your why is, and setting those habits so that you can reach that why. And so It's purpose, and it's staying accountable to your wife.
1: Definitely. So, which brings me to probably my next question, is let's say there's a a woman listening to this podcast. How do you think they might be able to start the conversation with their husband about taking that next step for their health? Because, again, they don't want to be the nag, right?
0: Yeah. We don't,
1: like, you you know, you better do that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's, the, it's the guy's decision, you know, kind of like my, my son. I found that I can't tell him what to do anymore. I have to let it be his decision. So you almost have to play the mind game where what was it like before? What was it like? Imagine what life would be like if you could do that again. Or, or do you remember when you could do that? Or, you know, do you think it might be this? Do you think it might be worth checking out? And of course, he's going to say, you no, know, i fine right then in the moment, but he's going to. Be- he's going to be thinking about it. And without question, the women control nearly every healthcare decision that happens in the household. Men don't want to admit that, but it's true. And that women are the ones that get the men to finally step forward. And so I would really urge your listeners to recognize that you are critical in getting your man to take that first step. You can't be nagging. You can't be forcing him. It has to be kind of a mental game of letting it be his decision. But when you make him aware, help him become aware of how things have regressed. You know, our tagline here is be your absolute best again. It was a very important word again that we added in there because so many men were great at one point and they could think back to that day when they were at their prime and they wish they were there again. And so for the women out there, help your man think about what it was like when they were at their best and wouldn't you like to be there again? And hopefully that would be motivation enough for them to step up and take charge and, you know, and then focus on their why. Why won't you help get them to realize what the purpose is? Don't you want to see your kids get married? Don't you want to see your grandkids? That kind of stuff. Legacy kind of stuff. It gets guys to think differently.
1: Yeah, and I think You know, you said it earlier when you were talking that it's really about the transformation, right? You know, because Western medicine is transactional. I go in for my, you know, my checkup and maybe they run a few labs. I go back and check, you know, I get a a, a 10 minute visit with somebody that tells me I'm either good or not based on reference Uh ranges by no means valuable. But the reality is, you know, like the Gapen Institute or my clinic and my programs is we're talking about transformation, which is not transactional. So that's also another way I want you to h- kind of help them understand that this is not a, I just, they'll get some things taken care of over the course of a month or two. And then stuff is like me, kick ass guys. And then everything goes, right. you know, you go right back to where it was. Cause in order to have transformation, we have to do differently.
0: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different Perspective, it's a paradigm shift. And, and it's going to take time because people are ingrained in that broken, as you call it, transactional disease model world of health that that is failing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so really looking at this is now, you know, a time for a transformation. And obviously, you focus on men's transformation. I focus on women's. But at the end of the day, we have an opportunity here to actually change the time for people. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned we have actually, for the first time, a decline in lifespan, right? Yeah. That's just lifespan. That's not health span because our health span's is already even worse than that. Right. So we'll live longer, crappier, (laughs) but we're not living as as our grandparents did and our Mm -hmm. parents point and especially our children. Right. So I don't have children, but you look at it. If you have children, their life expectancy is declining and their health span is declining at a Mm -hmm. rapid rate because they're adopting our world.
0: That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't agree with you more. Yeah.
1: So true. Now. I would like for you to share with my listeners because there's going to be a lot of women that are probably listening that are like, I really want my husband, spouse, partner, brother, friend, somebody to reach out. How can they find you?
0: Sure. So our website gapiness2.com. So check out our site. Check out our services. Uh, we work with both men and women. I know my nurse practitioner, who is amazing when it comes to women's health, is going to be jumping on with you shortly to talk about the women's side of things, about hormones and all the women's health stuff that she does. My focus and passion is men's health, obviously, and so we work with both men and women. We work with uh, men and women around the country. So we. We are based here in Sarasota, Florida. We are on the verge of scaling to potentially four other locations next year. Like it's massive growth phase one right now. So right now we're in Florida, but we're looking at other locations, including Arizona. Uh, but we do work with a lot of patients remotely via telehealth. So I'm going to offer to your listeners, we have a high performance handbook, which is uh, 15 strategies and tactics that you can leverage today to have more energy, lose weight, and have better sex. And uh, all you got to do is just text the word health to 26786. Again, text the word health to 26786 and you'll get a free copy of of our High Performance Health Handbook. And you'll also get a link if you want to reach out for more information about how we can help you We'll get that as well.
1: That's awesome. Well, Dr. Tracy, I am so glad we had this conversation, got to dig in a little bit on men's health. You know, it's great because again, like you said, guess what? We make 87% of all buying decisions in the home, including health.
0: Absolutely, Women control it. No doubt. Yeah, yeah we do.
1: Well, thank you for being on Menopause Mastery and helping educate my listeners.
0: Thank you so much, Betty.
1: Thank you, everybody, for listening to Menopause Mastery, and we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Menopause Mastery podcast. You are why I'm here, and I am so very grateful. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any wisdom on creating the most exceptional life on our terms. If this episode has helped you in any way, please share it with a friend to spread the love and together we rise. You can follow me on social media at BettyMurrayPhD and you can reach me online at BettyMurray.com.